Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Okay. <clears throat> this is a daily lesson. Okay. Um, which is, um, like I said, I um, usually do them twice a week. Any two days a week I could do, I just want to be able to give you something twice a week so that you'll have a daily lesson. Okay. Um, usually it would be on Tuesday and Thursday, but it might be Monday and Wednesday. It'll just be two days a week, uh, two days, excuse me, two days a week. Um, do I have any announcements, daily announcements? Um, aside from the announcement that I already made a couple of days ago, I am currently on iTunes. So you can, um, I have a I, what, an I class or I pod lessons, whatever it is. I'm on iTunes and it's under, um, the scriptural cliff note sessions. Um, I'm also, as you know, on Spotify and Anchor. I am currently working on other platforms, but I'm really not that savvy on all of these platforms. I mean, I know Apple and I am getting to know um, Spotify and Anchor, but I'm really not um, familiar with the rest of them. Um, as I start doing a little more research, I will keep you posted as to what is the next platform I will go to. But as for now, we are currently on Apple and you can download it. You can go to Spotify, download it and um, anchor and please um, check the follow button or hit follow or whatever it is. Um, a lot of times when you go on Spotify, it will say follow. You just push the follow button. Um, also in iTunes, you can look me up and you could do that also and ring the bell for um, upcoming lessons and they will notify you with every upcoming lesson. And this is on all the platforms. It's just in different places in different platforms, but it's pretty much the same on all the platforms. Um, um, Anchor and Spotify, I mean, you can pay for subscriptions, but for the most part, it's free. I mean, I was on Anchor before I even start putting my platform on Anchor, and I used to get free music. So you can also get free cast, I guess. They're not called podcasts because isn't it for Apple? I don't know, but I'm just going to say podcast, even though it probably that only goes for Apple. Um, there's other platforms there that you can listen to people. All right, I don't want to stray away from the um, actual lesson, but that is um, that is um, my announcement. <laughs> okay, today is February 24th, and I want to give a happy birthday to Lee. She knows who she is. So um, this lesson is in regards to relationships. Now, I know I've done some relationships on uh, my platform library already, and you can look them up, especially in um, season two, which we are right now. But 
Um, I think the more I start talking about relationships, the more I will be more specific with them. I'm not going to give scenarios about people or nothing like that, but I am going to talk about relationships and marriage simply because it's important and it is a construct of humans and it is also ritualistic and it spans beyond all um, communities. Okay, so um, no matter what community um, practices, whatever, there are unions in all communities. So, you know, as we uh, move forward and we start talking about relationships, and we're going to be talking about relationships in the scriptures. As a matter of fact, even with the Cliff Notes sessions, we talk about relationships with scriptures, the relationship with the Most High and the children of Israel, that's husband and wife. That's what it is right, right there. So as we continue to move on, I will get more and more specific because the, um, the metaphor of the children of Israel in regard to the most high is husband and wife, okay? And there are so many references, even books that have to do with husband and wife, Solomon, Hosea. I mean, there's a lot of books and there's a lot of things that refer to husbands and wives. And even when you get married, you go up and more than likely you go up and you say scriptural words to the most high to tell him that this is the person that I'm getting ready to spend my life with. And there's words that's dedicated to the most high given information about how these two people are going to come together and become one. Adam and Eve was one until they, until they were separated. And that's when sin came into the world. We'll talk about that later, but I just want to let you know that I'm going to be talking about marriages and relationships a lot, even when I'm not actually saying the word, when I'm talking about uh, these relationships, these interpersonal relationships, I spoke about them since I started talking about the uh, scriptures. Um, the most high loving his children. That's an interpersonal relationship. Not only were we his children, we're his mate. Okay, that's number one. With Adam and his, um, Adam and the most high. That's his son, the captain of the ship. And then he didn't want his son to be um, by himself. So he created a piece of him and named it woman. However, we already know that the devil was already down here and the devil couldn't bamboozle Adam. So he bamboozled Eve, which was supposed to be the right hand of Eve. And this is when all hell broke loose, literally. So I'm always talking about relationships, maybe not in a way that you could relate or understand, but just know all of the stuff that's happening, that's going to unfurl within the scriptures, Old Testament and New, these are all relationships. This is the most high from the most high having a uh, covenant, which is a relationship, uh, contract, which is what marriage is, from him having that to the children of Israel whoring and going to other people and other things, and the most high lighting the children of Israel on fire, okay, meaning he's punishing his bride, and then he's going to punish her and sanctify her, and in the end, he's going to take his bride, and the end of the world is going to be what it is. But this is not how you are learning it, but this is how it is. This is the truth, okay? So this is gonna give you a little more information 
in regards to the most high in his relationship, his covenant bridal and husband relationship with the children of Israel and his second flock. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of parallel. Everything we do is supposed to mimic um, the heavens. I already said this before, and I said it more in the first um, um, season, which I had taken a lot of the first season stuff out because it was kind of <sighs> raw. <laughs> so I have to put those lessons back in because those lessons are really important and they'll be more structured and more professional. <laughs> I was real raw back then. But um, um, I will do those lessons over because they are very important. So like I said, um, I'm talking about marital relationships and um, covenant relationships. That's what they are, covenant relationships. They're contractual. We already know that um, carnally and uh, spiritually. So I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to discuss the parallels, how they all run together and everything we do is supposed to mimic the heavens, whether people know that or not, even our prayers say it, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, everything. So I already said this, um, what you can do is acquaint yourself with the scriptural library, go and listen to all my lessons so that you can catch up and understand what I'm saying because everything is relevant and everything is connected. So I'm not just coming out with a lesson that don't got nothing to do with the other lesson. We already know. And I always say the devil fools the whole world. And this is how the devil's fooling the whole world too because these relationships down here on earth are horrible. And the devil is throwing a monkey wrench in them. And the devil's most powerful um, trick is to let you know or have you believe that there ain't no devil. So if there ain't no devil, then it's just you doing stuff when that is the, the most trickiest part. Um, I'm drinking my tea, so forgive me if you hear short pauses. I'm drinking my tea. Now, like I said, I'm talking about marital relationships and how people should mirror the relationship that is expected from the most high. I'm going to say it again. Marital relationships and how people should mirror the relationship that the most high has with the children of Israel. Now, I'm just going to give you this little caveat. The children of Israel are not listening. They whoring and they doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's what they're doing right now. So the most, the most high is punishing them. But in the end, because the most high gave us revelation and he gave us um, prophecy. And the prophecy is that he's going to clean his bride off. Okay. He's going to clean her and she's going to be clean and ready for the most high in the end, in the end. Okay. That's what the, um, that's what prophecy says. Um, however, right now it ain't working out. That's why the children of Israel is being spanked. And you will be able to see this in Matthew 24 and Luke 21. That's why I keep saying the same stuff over and over because everything has something to do with everything else. Honestly, everything works in a circle and people don't see it. They just think, oh, something's happening over there. Oh, something's happening. No. This was all done before the foundation of the world. It's like a clock. Every notch on that clock, everything that happens 
um, from the clock going to that little notch before it gets to the one, that's where sin occurred the first day. All this stuff, the most high in Yahshua is putting it right back where it was. And they doing it. They undoing what was done in sin. Okay. And even this marital relationship is very important too, because the marriage was broken. And in the most high's eyes, ain't no broken marriage. Okay. There is no such thing as, um, what do they say when they get married? Um, irreconcilable differences. Okay. There is no such thing as irreconcilable differences. What does that mean? Carnally, it means, oh, I changed my mind. I, we just can't work this out. It ain't nothing else we could do about this relationship. I'm leaving. Bye. Now, we already know that's from the devil because we change our minds all the time. We got free will. We could change our mind at any time. So where is it that I can't change my mind? I, I don't love you no more. I'm leaving. That's dumb. It's ridiculous too. It's selfish and it's carnal and fleshly and lustfully. Yeah, it's all of that. Even though I made up that word lustful, it's, it's lustful. It is. It's, a, it's an excuse too. This is all the things of the devil. Now, let me just start this because I'm, I'm, I'm ministering to you. I didn't even get in a lesson yet. Okay, first, let me, let me tell you a little bit about me. I know I've been doing these lessons. I didn't even tell you my name, but I will tell you my name soon. What you can call me is the melanated muse, okay? The melanated muse. And the reason why I say I am the melanated muse is because I'm melanated, that's number one. And number two, I'm a muse, meaning the most high, I believe, sees me as a muse. He gives me the lessons that I'm supposed to be giving to you. He gives me that inspiration. He gives me all of that. These lessons that I come up with, I'm telling you, nine times out of 10, I could be up in the morning and I'm listening to scriptures all the time. I meditate on scriptures. So while I'm listening to scriptures, something will pop in my head and the whole lesson will come out. The whole lesson. That's why I got a book at my bedside. I got a book at my, um, my desk in my office. I got books everywhere because when the Ruach deals with me, the lesson floods out of me. And I'm telling you, I get right to my desk and I'm typing it down. So this lesson I just got maybe a couple of hours ago. So when I get those lessons, when I when they come to me, they come complete. And I gotta write them real fast. Now I'm gonna tell you a little more about me. Way back in the days, way, way, way <laughs> in the days, <laughs> I was a secretary. Way back. So I know how to do shorthand, all of that. That's what comes out. It comes out, I'm writing, long hair, short hair. I'm doing everything. And next thing you know, I have a whole lesson right there. And then I'm ready to get that lesson. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when it comes to me, it's two and three lessons. So I type them up and just set them aside because when the Ruach is dealing with me, a specific lesson needs to be taught. Mm -hmm. I can have lessons stacked up, already ready. But that's not the lessons I'm supposed to have if I am getting this from the most high it's a specific lesson and that whole lesson will be typed up and I can type many words a minute <laughs> okay so that lesson is there like no more than an hour two hours if it's a real detailed lesson mm -hmm. and that's how the de um the uh, Ruach deals with me okay it comes out it's been doing this for about four or five years now yeah that's how it's been okay 
So like I said, I'm the melanated muse, getting inspiration from the most high. You know, instead of him getting inspiration from me, I'm getting inspiration from him. He is giving me that inspiration to write down and tell the masses. So, and I'm more than happy to do it. So, like I said, the marital relationships we're going to um, talk about. Now, a lot of times when you're talking about a subject, and this is how people are, this is kind of carnal. A lot of times when you talk about a relationship, people will ask you, well, how do you know about that relationship? How do you know about something and it never, um, you never experienced it? Like, how can you talk about children when you don't have children? How can you be a quote unquote expert on this and you never had it? A lot of people gravitate towards people who are, who practice what they preach, number one, and who are in the know or experience in that area. Okay, I am married. I am married. I've been with my husband. What's it? It's 2022? 21 years. Me and my husband been together for 21 years. Okay, just to give you a little bit of information. Do we fight? Ah. Uh, Everybody on the face of this earth fights. Now, what did I? What do I mean by fighting? I mean verbal sparring. Yes, that's what I mean. But in our relationship, we know the rules of engagement and we know how to fight. Okay, and I'm gonna go into that. We know how to fight. And I know a lot of people are saying, "What does that mean?" But I'm gonna go into that. I'm gonna go into that. My marriage is excellent. There's no marriage that's perfect. Nope no marriage is perfect but there are marriages that are excellent and cookie cutter just for you and you know why because the most high sent that person to you now I'm gonna talk about that too but I will get into this and I will lay down whatever needs to be laid down in regards to relationships now like I said I'm not gonna be too detailed because I will continue to talk about relationships and they will get more specific but right now this is what was on my heart from the Ruach so this is what I'm going to say. Okay, I like to discuss marriage and what it takes to survive these times. As you know, statistics show that a number of divorces are very high in the United States. And maybe abroad, but um, I'll focus on the United States because I don't live abroad. Now, the union of marriage is important and it's supposed to be sacred. Even the words that the preacher, priest, or ministers say is a prayer to the most high. People probably don't even know that. But there are some things that people should know when they enter into marriage. And I probably spoke loosely about that in previous lessons, excuse me, but I wanna get into a deeper look on how relationship of marriage is supposed to mimic the marital relationship between the most high and his bride, who are the children of Yasharel and the second flock. Okay, that's who his bride is. Okay, uh, well, actually, the bride is the children of Israel. The second flock is going, they're supposed to be attending the marriage. Okay, the second flock will be going, but we're concentrating on the children of Israel. Okay, two flocks will be taken, the original branches and the honorary ones, but the original branches are the bride. Know that. Okay, now I cannot discuss the whole relationship with the Most High and his bride within this daily lesson. But when it comes time, within our cliff note sessions, when we start doing the Bible, I will get into it. Because like I said, everything in that Bible is about the relationship between the Most High and the children of Israel. Everything in there. All the fights, everything. Okay? It's his bride and, and the groom's, uh, the groom. 
at this time, I just want to show you the parallels of the carnal marriage versus the spiritual marriage and how it's supposed to be. Okay, within the marriage or marital relationships, men and women are to follow the rules, which they are written and unwritten rules of engagement and marriage. These are important rules because if you break them, uh, you will not have a good marriage and it will be um, in danger of separation. This is the kind, uh, this is the same thing, um, you know, a marriage or interpersonal relationship is um, kind of sa the same thing within friends and family. So, you know, marriage is family. Okay. So there's some things that you have to have when um, you're starting the relationship and when you are beginning to build the relationship and make it last like your foundation, okay? Tea break. Okay, there's some things that you need to have. These are important things that you need to have. Now, I'm not saying it in any order. I'm just saying you need to have them, okay? All right. You need to have respect. Every marriage needs to have respect. There are so many scriptures that talk about a disrespectful woman or a disrespectful man in the scriptures. Yeah. Nothing worse than a disrespectful woman. Nothing. That's what the scriptures say. Okay. So there are many scriptures that talk about the disrespect between a man and a woman. Okay. We already know in the scriptures and even in carnal life with different um religions and stuff like that why people do the things they do why in the muslim religion the man wears white and the woman wears black and covering herself and all that all that is scriptural mm -hmm. and i'm talking about this scripture so respect for yourself and your mate that's what you need to have okay you need to have a solid similar belief system that's important that can break a marriage if you believe in two different things, first of all, a lot of times you ain't going to get together because you believe two different things because your family going to be on your behind. Okay. And in regards to the belief system and whatever else, this is why the most high said he do, he does not want his children, his children, the children of Israel. Okay. The Hebrews, the children of Israel with the blood covenant and it's running in their blood in their veins. That's what I'm talking about. He does not want them to marry outside of his covenant. He does not want them to marry outside because the rest of the world worship devils. What did I say? The rest, the rest of the world worshiped devils. That's why he didn't want them. And he said, and it's in the laws that we're going to go through. Like I did um, in the first season, I'm going to do it again. He doesn't want his children going outside their own nation because they worship devils. Uh -huh. And all through those scriptures, other nations was worshiping all kinds of devils. Yes. Go to the platform, like I said, library, and listen to all of it, especially the devil, the devil, the devil. Listen to that. Mm -hmm. Listen to that, because you'll know just how many devils there are on this earth. Tea break. So, like I said, a solid, similar belief system. Now, there's, this is a no-brainer. 
You must have a solid foundation within the marriage. And whatever your beliefs are, they should be um, established before, during, and after the marriage because um, this within itself can destroy the marriage. The more similar the belief system, the better. This is important even before you get into the marriage. You know, I know what the sad thing is. The sad thing is today in real time, women and men care more about their wardrobes. They take time for their wardrobes, their hair, their nails, the fake eyelashes, how many Jordans they got, what kind of alligator shoes, this, that, the other. They take more time with that than choosing a mate and a, and a child's, uh, a parent for a child. Uh-huh. They take more time with material, earthly, fleshly things than establishing a covenant that's supposed to um, be like the most high. And that's sad, okay? And this is more than anybody is the children of Israel doing this, okay? All right. Another thing you should have is self-control. What did the most high say about self-control? I did say this before. That's one of the fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. If you don't have no self-control, you might as well be a beast. It says that in the scripture, not in the Bible. You don't have no self-control. You can't control yourself. What kind of human are you? You're not. You're a beast. Okay? You act out of instinct, just like animals. Okay? You need to have self-control. Okay. One of the first fruits of the, oh, excuse me, one of the fruits of the spirits, this means that you must conduct yourself in a respectful manner at all times, even when fighting with your mate. Sometimes when we are learning um, one another and growing, we give our partners pieces of ourselves and they are vulnerable pieces that more than likely no one else knows. This is stuff deep in your soul you telling somebody else and you trusting that this person ain't gonna say nothing. These secrets must be kept and not told to anyone or used against the person who told you in an argument, no matter what type of person tells you, uh, excuse me, you're supposed to keep this um, secret or somebody's relying on you uh, for something they don't want nobody um, to know this particular thing that they never told a soul, not even the closest person, they telling a husband or their wife, the spouse. And this person goes out and tells somebody else or in an argument, they use it as a weapon. What kind of nonsense is that? What kind of person is that that would do that to the other person? You got to watch out for people like that. This is what I'm saying. A rebelling husband or a rebelling wife, the most high can't stand it. And he is punishing his wife right now. So you need to be punished, husband or wife, if you're going on like that. Mm -hmm. Now, who does that? What, what type of person tells somebody else's most intimate secrets when you're supposed to be the, uh, the second part of that person? Now, if somebody's telling me something real intimate about somebody else and it's their husband or their wife, I'm looking at this person like, what kind of person are you? If, I, if you're telling me this and this is about your husband or your wife, I can't even imagine if I told you some or anything that you will hold it. If you're telling this most intimate thing, this secret among secrets that's supposed to be kept by you until you die, 
why would you go out and tell somebody else? I'm looking at this person like, what kind of person is this? Honestly, people are actually looking at you like, what kind of person are you that you would say something like that and still be with this person if it's something awful? You got to check yourself with that. Check yourself, okay? Which brings me right to trust. Being able to trust your significant other spouse slash with your secrets and vulnerabilities, which means everything to your mate, no matter how ridiculous or sad or whatever you feel it might be, you must respect your mate enough to keep the trust and don't say nothing. You should keep your mate's secrets and don't say nothing. This leads me to the person who keeps opening their mouth. The Most High said he will not be mocked. What you reap, you shall sow. And nine times out of 10, if you told somebody, if, if you told your mate a secret and he found out that you told his uttermost secrets, you think he ain't gonna tell you? Or somebody else is not gonna do it. The most high is not playing. Everything works in a circle. If you telling somebody secrets, damn, if somebody ain't gonna tell you. Know that. Protection and security. This should be a given. You should feel secure with your mate. And what does that look like? It looks like loyalty. That's what it looks like. Okay? It looks like loyalty. I know in a lot of rap songs, people, uh, people rap about, oh, this chick ain't loyal or this, he'll call her something else. Blankety blank ain't loyal. But who's the person singing it? He ain't loyal. As you know, these are not his wives. Okay, he don't have a wife, but he just keeps sticking and moving. What kind of person is that? Somebody who's pointing one finger at you, got three fingers pointing right back at them. Tea break. So like I said, it looks like loyalty. It looks like you should put your mate first and protect your mate from every and anyone who would try to attack, discredit, or is jealous of your mate. And I don't care where it's coming from. Most of the times it will be coming from your mate's family or their friends. Uh-huh. Okay. And this is when you have to put your foot down. Now, I have to say something about this. If your mate is doing something that isn't right, okay, that will call for people to start um, gossiping about that person, then, uh, and your mate is out of hand, you must have a discussion with your mate first before putting everybody else in their place, okay? Um, you have to have some kind of conversation. If your mate is acting unruly or doing something that does not look right in the relationship and somebody comes and checks it, you can't get mad at that. First, you got to find out what's going on with your mate. Have a conversation with your mate, get that straightened out, and then go back to this person if need that be. Now, it could be that this person is just telling you, oh, I'm just trying to look out for you, and I ain't being disrespectful, but this is what happened. Okay, that's one thing. You could just spank them. But if somebody just coming out, oh, I don't like her, or acting all funny towards her, and there's no reason, then somebody need to be checked. And that's about the protection and the security. Do not leave your mate feeling like they're insecure around your extended family, brothers and sisters and mother and cousin. It could be jealousy. Now, I did a lesson about what to do if somebody doesn't like you, especially out of jealousy. Go to there. Go to that um, platform and library and get that. Okay, and that gives you more information on what to do 
if somebody's uh, picking on you and doing stuff like that, uh -huh, go there. Okay, so, you know, um, speak to your mate before you put the friends and family in check in order to establish and maintain peace within the family. Now, remember, if the mate, if your mate is acting out of control, you need to have a conversation. Okay, you need to be having some conversations with your mate. And if not, you need to be having conversations with your family and friends to tell them back off, get out of my business, bye, if need be. You know, sometimes it ain't about bye, it's just back off. I love my mate, don't disrespect her. That you have to make, you have to establish security and safety and, and self-assurance with your mate. You have to, you can't leave them out there to drive. That's not gonna work. The person's gonna leave you. If the person's not doing anything, but if the person is causing trouble, damn it, you need to have a conversation. Okay. Now, obeying your partner, men and women. This is even recited during the marriage and it doesn't necessarily mean what you think. It means that you should listen to your partner because your partner is supposed to have your back. When you are in a ship, your partner is the captain and you are the navigator. Now the captain can't make the sail alone. He needs a navigator. And that's how it works. You are the left hand, the partner's the right hand. You are one half of your partner and he's the other half that makes you one. This, this is scriptural, okay? You got to have your partner's back and your partner got to have your back hold on one second i do not want to put this on hold just hold on one second Okay, sorry. All right. Sometimes duty calls, other duty calls. My kitty, I have a cat that's hungry and she will bother me until I feed her. All right. So, all right, now we're back. Understanding and forgiveness. It is a given that you will fight um, if you're a couple. Now, I already told you I'm a minister. I'll see people who I love and respect. I will do certain services for people I love and I respect. Sometimes when people come to me and they talk about certain things, I have to let them know what's going on. When you are married, like I said, people, are, people do fight. When I see somebody and it's a couple and I ask them, well, do you have any arguments? Do you have any, you know, disagreements? Do you fight? How often do you fight? And they look at me and go, we don't fight. That's a red flag to me. Because there's no way in the world that you a couple and you ain't fight. <laughs> and when I say fighting, I mean verbal sparring. I mean arguing back and forth, nitpicking, all of that. I'm not talking about knockdown, drag out fight. Now, you should be together if, if that's happening. <laughs> but people have disagreements. People have arguments. People argue. That's just what they are. Siblings argue. 
family members argue, where is it that um, husbands and wives are not arguing and bickering? I just, I don't believe that. And nobody believes that. Okay, you could go to a marriage counselor and they will tell you the same thing. You're not fighting, you're not, there's no disagreement. Then you probably don't know each other and you're probably still walking on eggshells. Maybe the relationship just got together. Maybe you still, you know, um, in the beginning stages and you on your best behavior. Usually a year or two, you on your best behavior. You showing your mate the best of you. <laughs> and then later on, they'll find out who you are, really, okay? If you're real honest with yourself, I mean, you can't be on your best behavior all the years of your life. And I mean this, the facade of a best behavior. I'm not talking about being a good person, being a righteous person. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about showing a facade, <laughs> okay? A lot of times when we go and we start going with people and stuff, we show them our best selves all the time. But then after a certain time, you'd be like, big on it, this is me. And anyway, even if you don't do that and you still try to keep up this facade, the person who's with you will definitely find out what you are and um, what kind of person you are anyway, because your personality is going to always shine through. But like I said, understanding and forgiveness. Now, it's a given that we're going to fight as a couple. And I mean verbal sparring, not no physical. And what I mean is fighting and arguing and disagreeing. So if you are with a person you love, fight fair. Um, and think about what you say and learn how to be humble and say sorry and seek forgiveness. Now, this is a hard one for a lot of people because a lot of people are very headstrong, they stiff neck, and they don't know how to say sorry. And those are the people that need work. Maybe they don't need to be in a relationship. This, and I'm going to talk about that too. I'm going to talk about that. But um, maybe they need work or counseling. A lot of times you want to get counseling or at least, okay, so, I'm going to say this. It's best to get counseling so that you will be able to see the things that maybe your partner missed or maybe you missed. That's the purpose of counseling. The purpose of counseling, because people get it wrong. They get it two left feet wrong because their idea of counseling is a miracle worker. Somebody with a magic wand that's going to sprinkle some fairy dust on them and everything's going to be perfect. That's not real. That's not realistic with any counseling. Okay. Okay. That's my area of expertise, not counseling, but that is my area of expertise. So a lot of times when you see a client, you ask the client because the client must understand why they're there to have counseling. Why are you here? Help me to understand what you know about this counselor. So once they're telling you whatever and nine times out of time, 10 is not right, then you correct them and tell them, I'm here to bring out blah, 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 and help you put, you know, basically put cards on the table so you can acknowledge cards and have um, choices. A lot of times people don't know what their choices are. Honestly, a lot of times you just, you don't have to deal with it. You never had to deal with certain um, instances and issues. Then you don't have, you know, you would never think of what to do. You don't think about resources when you don't need to have a resource. You understand? So that is what this is. Um, being able to um, forgive and being able to see the cards on the table and, and be humble enough to say, you know what? I was wrong in this too. So what was my part in this? So this goes both ways. So if you're arguing or whatever, nine times out of 10, it's, it's not even nothing big. You're not even arguing about nothing big. And, and sometimes you even holding it and it just keeps compounding and you don't want to do that either. 
the best thing, oh, and I'm going to talk about effective communication. I'm getting ready to pop up into effective communication. That's not what I want to do. But anyway, like I said, being understanding towards one another's um, even shortcomings or something that they, you know, their ignorance is. And ignorance doesn't mean stupid. It just means not knowing. Under different circumstances, like I said, um, words have more than one meaning. So in this instance, it's just not knowing because um, ignorance does have more than one meaning. And I'm not using it the other meaning because I do know both meanings, but um, I'm not using it in the meaning of I know and I'm still doing it. No. Um, or acting like I don't know. I'm doing it as if I'm ignorant because I don't know. I'm learning you and you're learning me. Every day, husbands and wives are supposed to learn from each other and grow together. And that doesn't happen. That's why um, the um, divorce rate is so high. People are so quick to be intolerant. People are so quick to be selfish. People are so quick to be ignorant and want to be ignorant. People are so quick to want self-gratification and they're unrealistic. And this is why uh, marriages end in divorce. There's no such thing as irreconcilable difference because people just don't want to do the work. And that's the truth. Okay. I'm not here to sugarcoat it. It's the truth because fighting is a part of growing and learning each other in every relationship, every interpersonal relationship, best friends fight. Uh, family members fight, siblings, um, mother and um, uh, mother and child, father and child. People go back and forth. Now, that's not to say physical fighting. We talk about verbal sparring, you know, going back and forth, and that is also called effective communication if you know how to play it right. But anyway, we didn't get to that. But like I said, once you learning about each other and somebody's doing something that the other person don't like, and I didn't know you didn't like that. Let's talk about it. That's what I'm talking about. And um, I'm loving and respecting your mate enough to be forgiving and understanding and being humble enough to have that understanding. I know a lot of, a lot of times people say to themselves, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to bite your tongue. Do you want to be right or do you want to be married? Because sometimes you have a spouse that's stiff neck. I don't care what you say to that spouse. They ain't going to listen to nothing you say. And if you want to stay with that spouse and help that spouse grow, child, just have a conversation and try to um, be reasonable with the person. If they could be reasonable. Yeah. A lot of times people can't be reasonable and they in loveless marriages. They in horrible marriages. They already separated from their person, but they technically married, married still on paper or they just got a divorce. That's what happens when you don't listen, when you're not reasonable, when you're not humble, when you're not understanding, when you're not forgiven. That's what happens. So like I said, okay. And this means that you must remember that your mate is a part of you. Um, you took the vow and now you have this person you told the world was special and that you want to keep those vows and learn to be submissive and meet the significant of a halfway and forgive and have understanding and respect for the other person's outlook and where he or she is coming from. And you can either respectfully agree or disagree or reach some sort of consensus to make up and move forward with the relationship. Remember, we all make mistakes 
So we want our spouse slash significant other to forgive us. And in order for them to forgive us, we must forgive them. Okay, so that's understanding forgiveness. Now, like I said, throughout your whole marriage, you're going to have all kinds of stuff that you're not going to agree with. It doesn't mean fight and separate because this person's not listening to me and this person's not seeing things as I see things. It's not your twin. <laughs> it's not your duplicate. It's not gonna, the person's not going to see the same thing as you do all the time. And that should be, you should respect that. If you already, if you already married this person or if you get married to this person, know that. That's something you doing. If you're doing all of this, trying to control somebody else, that's not realistic. Maybe you need to check yourself. Okay. Um, there's another one is um, cheating and lusting. So there's no cheating and no lusting in a relationship. Okay. It's just that no lusting and no cheating for the men or the women. Okay. Remember, Yahushua says that if you're lusting in your mind, you have already started cheating on your significant other. You're already sinning. Okay. Also know and acknowledge what you have at home. If this does not satisfy you, if your mate don't satisfy you, why would you get married to the mate? Why? That's something you're doing. If today you love that person and then tomorrow, oh, I don't love that person. I outgrew that person. Oh, irreconcilable differences. What does that say about you? Number one, it says that your mind is somewhere else. You're immature. You don't know how to have a relationship. You're selfish. That's what it says. And everybody's talking about irreconcilable differences. Child, grow up and get a life. Okay. So like I said, um, also know and acknowledge what you have at home. If this does not satisfy you, if your relationship don't satisfy you, you must do some self-evaluation because remember, you went to the most high and said the vows with all the people there and all of that. And this is a person... Um, with this person, you went to the most high with this person, and now you're breaking the covenant of marriage because you don't like whatever it is no more. And this person don't do this to me no more. And oh, they don't do that, and they never did this, so I'm going somewhere else. What does that say about you? Really, a lot of stuff that you do in the marriage and you blame somebody else, it really reflects on you. Hi, babe. Can you do me a favor? Excuse me. Um, can you put this tea in the uh, microwave? I am. See you in the microwave. 30 seconds, please. Thank you. This is real life going on, people. Okay, that's my husband. I'm glad you're home. Okay, I'm sorry. You know, I do my lessons and life still goes on in between. Okay, so now there's understanding. All right, you will not always understand one another, but what you can do. If you both are not on the same page, is ask for understanding. Get your spouse to help you understand them better. What they want or need for the relationship to be excellent. Now, there's no such thing as perfection, but there is excellence. And that is a great thing and makes the wheels of the marriage continue to move forward. Also, be humble because that helps. Okay? Understanding. Mm-hmm understanding oh i already said understanding and forgiveness but just understanding itself um excuse me people again can you do me a favor give bella take bella's food out the refrigerator and put it in the bowl and put a little bit of water in it please thank you i'm sorry people this is real life here honey this is real life tea break
It's in the refrigerator at the bottom. Okay. Now that brings me to effective communication. Now this is paramount, honey. You don't have communication, you don't have nothing. Okay, like I said, you'll be on your best behavior for a year or two, and then the real you is gonna come peeking through, and they're gonna be like, "Who's this?" <laughs> Relation—I mean, uh, having a good relationship, a part of a good relationship is having effective communication. Now, what does that mean? Okay. Uh, if there's no effective communication, there's no marriage, okay? Because we're not mind readers. Nobody's a mind reader. I didn't see nowhere in the scriptures that anybody was a mind reader. Even prophets are not mind readers. I mean, nobody can read a mind. We just can't. So don't think that you can read a mind because you can't. You cannot read a mind. Nobody can read a mind. Only the most high can read a mind in Yahusha. Excuse me, I'm trying to make it quiet in here. So um, even the devils can't read a mind. What they do is lurk around, wait for you to say stuff. That's when they do things. Only the most high in Yahushua HaMashiach can read a mind. Oh, and the Ruach can read a mind. And they not, they not against you, baby. So understand, your mate can't read your mind. Mm -hmm. I don't care if he lived with you a thousand years, your mate can't read a mind because you don't know what's going on in your mate's mind either. You make him be totally um, occupied in his mind doing something else at all times. And you're talking to your mate over and over and over. Um, and within your mate's mind, he's pondering something else. It could be anything. So what makes you think that this person could just read your mind? Not unless you are a cat. And I say that because cats like the same thing over and over. They like routine. They will do the same thing every day at the same time. I don't know how they do it because I have a cat. I don't know how she does it. At three o'clock, she's supposed to be fed. This heifer will get up at three o'clock. And if 310, if you're not feeding her, she's looking at you and scratching you and in your face at three o'clock. This is what cats do. They love routine. I don't know how they do it. Praise y'all. Hallelujah. They know what time it is and they know. <laughs> so if your, your partner is not a cat, I don't know if dogs do it, but if your partner is not a cat, <laughs> then you're not going to know what to do. So you need to ease up um, on thinking that, you're, um, that your partner could read your mind. And despite all the nonsense that you see, red table talk and all that stuff, oh, you're supposed to read my mind. No, honey, that's not, that's not even realistic. That's not realistic. And it's immature and simple. Okay. All right. So um, if there's no effective communication, there's nothing. Marriage is 50-50, okay? Communication is supposed to be 50-50. However, a lot of times communication ain't 50-50. I know many times with women, women are more communica um, communicative than men. Tea break. Women will talk more than men will. Men don't like talking. Men don't like women squawking. None of that. And I'm going to get in there in a minute. I might throw, in there, throw that in there right now. But look, this is what I said. Communication should be 50-50 because we are bombarded with stimuli all the time. A lot of times things are bothering us, whether we know it or not, whether it's in the forefront of our mind or not. 
things are happening and they should be communicated. I know a lot of times in the children of Israel, things are not communicated. Um, they're held and protected, even though they shouldn't be because it's the vulnerable part of them. Uh, they don't talk about it. They don't speak about it because they believe that talking about it is a sign of weakness. And it really isn't. It's actually the opposite. The devil says it's a, it's a form of weakness. It's because the vulnerability, you can't afford to be vulnerable in a world that hates you, in a world that abuses you, in a world that is cold to you, in a world that you got to teach your children about the police before they four and five years old. This is why, okay? They have to protect everything because everything could be taken at any time. They, the children of Israel are living in the land of their um, captivity. Their captors hate them. Their captors is waiting and for any minute to strike. So they must be on their guard at all times. And that's the outside. But towards your spouse, you're supposed to have effective communication. No, your spouse cannot read your mind, but they can help you once you communicate it. And a lot of times, like I said, the children of Israel can't communicate. But when they learn to do that, and if they are coached and trust their mate, they are able to tell their mate what's in their heart and be able to communicate it effectively. Even when you verbally sparring, like I said, okay, because that's what people do. They go back and forth. It would be good if you can get all of that out. In the guidelines, of fighting fair, okay? In the guidelines of fighting fair, that means don't use people's personal stuff as a weapon. Don't try to embarrass somebody and don't be so horrible to somebody else to degrade them because there's certain things that you say that you can't take back. And once you say it and it's out there, it's gonna make that person change towards you. So that's what I mean about effective communication. Don't use ineffective, just looking at this person and, and arguing and fighting with this person as if they are a stranger out on the street and you're trying to protect yourself. This person is supposed to be your other half and that's how you should always look at it. You should never use um, secrets as a weapon. You should never abuse people because you mad and whatever. That means you know you don't have no control. You should always be open and think about what you're doing before you start talking, okay? Because you may be hella mad at your spouse and feel like you want to pop the piss out your spouse, but you need to take some time and just relax, okay? Move back, go do something. Go exercise, burn off some steam, take a walk, drive away, whatever you're going to do. Go separate yourself in another room. Do it so that it never gets out of control, okay? Um, and, um, like I said, marriage is supposed to be 50, 50, but a lot of times, um, I believe and females believe that 90% of that relationship is communication. 90%. Now men, they may see that different. They may see it's 50, 50, 50 communication and 50, 50 sexual and emotional, whatever. But women, a lot of times average, not every woman, but the average is 90% communication.
communication because you want to be on the same page at all times. I know I do. I want to be on the same page at all times. And honestly, my husband, sometimes he'd be like, can you just give me a break? <laughs> I love to talk, okay? Especially with my mate. I want to talk, 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 talk all the time, okay? But um, I'm learning too that my husband gets exhausted with talking all the time, okay? <laughs> sometimes he just don't want to. And even sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes you just don't want to talk. You just want to be quiet. So, you know, when it's time to effective, uh, effectively communicate, you know, when issues arrive and sometimes when you just, you know, you're just sitting there and you're being intimate with your, um, your partner. And I mean, intimately, you know, you together and you're just talking about things or you're holding hands or whatever it is. Um, you just want to talk and just shoot the breeze and, you know, not talk about um, heavy things, light things, you know, that's, you know, it is what it is. It's good to have that. It's good to have that communication. Okay. And let it be effective. And like I said, if you don't have it and it's only one-sided, the relationship's going to go downhill. It is because communication is a very large part of, and I say effective communication, not just regular communication. Hi, hi, this, that. No, that's not effective communication. That is, I don't know what that is. Two uh, roommates living in a room. I don't know what that is. But like I said, effective communication is um, important. Okay, so those are the things that I um, I say are very important. Now, I'm not going through the whole list. And like I said, this list is not in order. And there's some other honorable mentions that make up a good marriage and relationship. Okay, like I said, there's other things you need for a successful marriage. And I will list them. Remember, they are not in order. Um, you just need to include them within your relationship in order to have a solid foundation and make your relationship stronger i'm sorry for all the noise um my garage door is very loud sorry okay um these are the other things that you should focus on because they're very important like i said in a marriage everything is important everything is important and i will be sitting here all day talking about the intricacies of marriage and how wonderful it can be when it works and how horrible it can be when it doesn't, because the truth is there is a thin line between love and hate. It shouldn't be, but it is. Marriage takes work. Marriage always takes work, all the time. You cannot slack in a marriage, especially with another person. You just can't, okay? You can't sit back, let the other person do 90% of the work. You do 10, this, that, the other. You can't do that. It's lopsided. Your foundation has to be leveled and it has to be equal. A lopsided foundation. Nobody can live on a lopsided foundation. Nobody can live on a broken foundation. You must always work at it at all times. It's like a garden and like that saying, the grass is not always greener on the other side. If you prune your own grass and you de-weed your own grass and you fertilize your own grass, guess what? Your grass is going to be even greener or even, um, even as green or even as greener than the other person's. Stop looking at the other person's grass and work on your own. And that's what it's about. Relationships take work, a lot of work. And a lot of people don't want to work. We live in, in a microwave society. They want something right now, right quick. Oh, it should have been here yesterday. This, that, the other. That is another device of the devil. Everything takes work. Everything in the scriptures took work. What came quick? What came easy? Nothing. Everything worth having is worth working for. Even me, like I said, I've been with my husband 21 years. We work at it all the time. 
all the time. It's always work. Work in the beginning, work in the end. Work in the morning, work in the afternoon, work in the evening is always work. And it's not work that's hard. It's just as easy and as hard as you make it. It's hard when you don't want to do it. It's easy when you do want to do it. And that's just the way it is. Now, here's some other things that you should um, keep in mind and work on all the time. Finances. Listen, finances will break a marriage into billions of pieces. Okay. Money will break a marriage. Bills will break a marriage. Honey. That alone will. Forget about the communication. You need the communication with the finances because, honey, if somebody's doing something with the finances, somebody need to be explaining. Okay? So finances is another. Focus on nurturing the relationship with each other. You have to take time out for the other person. Like I said, nobody reads mine. You got to take some time out. You must work your own garden. Work your grass. Work it. It takes maturity. You have to be mature within yourself. You can't come into a relationship being having an immature mind. It's not going to work. One person's a grown-up and other person's a child. Oof. Children um, don't have those kind of responsibilities. So if you're not, you haven't matured in your life, my suggestion is don't, don't get married, okay? Um, abuse, physical, like I said, physical abuse and emotional abuse. It shouldn't be that way. It goes with maturing. And I will say this too. These things that I'm getting ready to, um, I'm just going to say this, maturity um, or immaturity, um, abuse, bullying, and neglect, okay? Um, I'm going to say this. The average marriage that is good, they did all the things that I, I said in the beginning. When the marriage is not good, the person nine times out of 10 has a history of lack. Excuse me, I did a lesson somewhat like this is on Judah. And I say, when we grow up in families, a lot of times I did this about um, in the uh, lesson with generations too. A lot of times when we grow up, there's a lot of things that we can't change. There's a lot of things we don't know whether it's right or wrong. We may feel it's wrong, but we're young. We don't know. We're learning. We're growing from the people who are raising us. There's no book on raising children. There's no book on trying to do the best you can with your family, especially the children of Israel at this time. Um, a lot of times you you growing up um, in tyranny, you're in the land of your uh, captivity. Um, there's all kinds of negativity that impacts the household and it um, people internalize it and people grow up with a lack. Either the parents are not in the house, the mother or the father, um, either you know one parent household or maybe none, drugs, all kinds of stuff, all of these forms of the devil because outside impacts impacts the household. Now, I'm not going to go all into that because I'll be going into another lesson. But I'm saying if these things are happening in the relationship, immaturity, abuse, bullying and neglect, it came from this person's childhood. And it needs to be checked. And maybe that person or maybe both the people in the relationship need counseling. Now, I'm not against counseling. Like I said, I'm not. Sometimes you need a third party to help you to see things that you can't see. And this is what I usually tell people. This is what I tell people. 
think of yourself in a car and the car is driving. You're navigating the car, okay? There's other people coming at you. There's other things happening. There's ha things happening on the side of you. There's things happening in the back of you. There's things happening parallel to you, all kinds of stuff. And then there's things that you can't see that you didn't get up on yet. The therapist can help you look at all those things you can't see and put them down on the table so that you can make a conscious decision and choice. That's how therapy is. The, the, um, the therapist doesn't tell you what to do. The, the therapist helps you to see all the things that's happening as cards and putting all the cards on the table and helping you to make the best choice possible without coaching you into which choice you should make. That's what therapy is. And it will make you a better person. A lot of people, they, they're scared of therapy. And, you know, like I said, I'm a minister, but I am not against therapy, honey. Okay. I'm in the mental health field and I'm a minister. You get two for one over here. But I'm just saying that, that I am not against therapy. A lot of times a minister or a pastor can't help you because that's not the area of expertise. His area of expertise is being, um, a lot of times, like I said, religion. Now I'm getting ready to talk about religion. Those people are religious, okay? They being taught by the devil, the whore on the great dragon, and there's courses and um, schooling that they go by. That's not spiritual. It's just religious being taught by the devil. And I say that to say, because it's the truth. Now we'll get into that one day because that's the revelation. But I say they're not, they, have, they don't have a degree or they don't have um, experience in relationships. Oh, they'll talk about relationships in terms of the most high but they don't have real defined um, um, education and experience on relationships. Because a lot of things, um, a lot of things that they say, oh, pray about it, this and that. It takes more than prayer. And I would say faith without works is dead. And it's the truth. Um, Paul Shaul says, Show me your faith and I'll show you my faith with my works. You have to work faith. You just can't go, okay, I believe and do nothing. And this is what I mean about some preachers and pastors and ministers. They'll just tell you, oh, pray about it. No, honey, you must have faith and works. And um, I think that's one of my teachings. I didn't do it yet, but um, <laughs> I wrote it down because it's important. I'm gonna tell you a little story. <laughs> it's a little story. This is how it works. There was a man who believed in the most high. One day he was on the boat, he fell in the water. And he was praying, 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 praying. Oh, most high, help me. Get me out of this water, save me, save me. He was praying for a long time to pray to get the most high, to get him out of that water. One day a boat came. And they was trying to get him out the water. And he was like, no, I'm not getting there. I'm waiting for the most high. So the boat left. He's still praying, oh, most high, most high, save me, save me. So another boat came. And they tried to save him. And he wouldn't get in the boat. So it left. Then later on, the man died. He went up to the pearly gates and he asked the most high, why didn't you save me? I was calling for you. I was calling. I was so faithful for you to save me. You know what the most high said? 
I set two boats. Understand it. Okay? Because faith with works, works. Okay? Faith without works is dead. It's dead. It says that in the scriptures. So if you're praying for the most high to save you, he's going to send somebody to save you. And believe it or not, the scriptures say that there's people that's blessed to be in certain positions. That's their anointing. Okay? Their anointing to be in there. It will behoove you to find somebody who's faithful to help you get through your hump. Okay? And that's that. Now, the 90-10% rule, this is another thing you need to watch out for. Um, this means that one person is given 90% of themselves in a the relationship and the other person is only giving themselves 10% in the relationship. Or it could be 60-40. One person is giving 60% of themselves in a the relationship and the other person is giving 40% of their relationship. Whatever these people are doing, they need to stop. Everybody need to give 50% of themselves because when you go to the altar and ask the most high or ask the priest that represents the most high or whoever it is that represents the most high to marry you, then the most, uh, that, that person, that representative is going to the most high with you standing there, letting you know that it's a covenant. So why are you not giving what you're supposed to give when you say you chose this person? You cannot go into a marriage pursuing somebody and say, oh, um, I found me somebody. Ooh, this person is this and this person is that. And then do nothing after the ring is done, after the covenant is done. You can't. You cannot go in half behind. And like I said, be on your best behavior. And then as soon as you get what you want, don't do nothing in the relationship. That don't work either. That's not going to work for you. And I'm going to say this to you. If you want a humble, good, graceful, loving woman, you sure better bring a humble, good, graceful man. And I say that about the, um, the men too. Uh, if you, I'm sorry, the women too. If you want a good, humble, loving, supportive man, you sure better bring a good, humble, supportive woman. Because if you come in without being um, ready, you're not going to have a relationship. That's how it is. Everybody wants this specialized person with this and that. Oh, I got a list how they're supposed to be. Are you, can you see yourself in any one of those um, numbers on that list? You sure better bring a good woman if you a good man, okay? If you a good man, then I can understand that. But if you a lousy man and you just want this and want that, you are never going to get uh, a good woman. And if a good woman does come to you, you're never going to be able to keep her. You got to clean up your own backyard before you go and get another woman. And I'm going to tell you something else. The scripture said that the most high sends you your mate. A lot of times people are alone and they sad and all of this stuff. You know why they don't have no mate? Now I'm going into spiritual things just for a minute. You know why they don't have a mate? Because they're not ready for a mate. A lot of times you attract what you are. If there's something inside you that needs to be changed and you don't see it or you refuse to change it, whoever you attract is going to have that same trait. Remember, we are consciousness. We are, each of us are consciousness. 
okay? Consciousnesses. I know that ain't a word, but we are individual consciousness, okay? And we attract the same type of consciousness to ourselves. That's the law of attraction. You attract what you are, uh-huh, like birds of a feather. So the most high, a lot of times, will set you apart and work on you so that you could get the mate that you deserve and that was made for you before the foundation of the world. Did you hear what I said? I said, a lot of times when we come in, a lot of times we got a whole bunch of stuff that need to be cleaned out, worked out, beat out, not beat out, but you know what I mean. You need to beat that down, beat that flesh down, okay? You need to beat it out. You need to beat all of those things out that don't belong there. And the most high will work on it. If you asking for a mate, if you asking for a real mate, somebody that you're going to stay with for the rest of your life, the most high is going to set you apart and he's going to work on you and get all the kinks out of you before he sends you a mate. And if you choose your own mate, it ain't going to work. Either you're going to have a loveless marriage. If you determine to stay in it, it's going to be loveless. And why would you want to stay in a marriage that would cheat you out of the love that you deserve? That's what I don't understand. I know a lot of people that's in loveless marriages. And I look at them and I say to myself, I just thank the most high I love my husband. Like I said, I've been with my husband 21 years. I can say I am in love with my husband. Yes, I could truly say that. I could look him in his face and tell him I am in love with you. And he could do the same thing to me. I could look him in his face and we have conversations. A lot of people can't do that. Why would you cheat yourself out of that? I'd rather not be in a relationship if I got to be in a loveless relationship. That, that, that's, that's not even a relationship. I just thank the most high that I have a man that I'm in love with, a man that I feel secure with, a man that I can leave with whoever and know that this man ain't going to do nothing. There's a lot of people that's in the church that feel like they can't leave their man with nobody. <laughs> that is ridiculous. My man loves me. I love him. He's been, um, he's been um, the most high pruned him, just like the most high pruned me, because we wasn't ready in the beginning. And that's how it's supposed to be. You just can't go and choose your man and go, yeah, because God gave me this. First of all, we already know there ain't no God. Well, there are, there, there is God. There are gods, excuse me, but it's not the most high. We already know that there's heavenly gods and lords, and we know there's gods that's demons. We understand that. So I guess you must be talking about that one. But the most high Yah, Yahuwah, the Elohim, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Father of Spirits, the all-consuming fire. No, if he's sending you somebody, he's that person going to be excellent right for you. Excellent and was made for you before the foundation of the world. And you're not going to get no divorce, period. And I'm not saying that you ain't going to have verbal spas and all this other stuff and that you can't work, um, that you ain't, that you don't need to work the relationship. I'm not saying that because it will happen because that's how interpersonal relationships work. But you will be with your mate because the most high ordained it before you even walk up to the altar. This is why I'm trying to tell you 
you need to get all that stuff out of your heart, whatever baggage you carry before you met somebody, whatever baggage you carry it now, get it out any way you can. Like I said, therapy, talk to yourself, do whatever, do some prayer so that the most high can send somebody to help you get that out. Because prayer, remember, faith without works is dead. You need to get all of that stuff out of your heart before the most high send you a mate. This is scriptural. Okay. So now I say this. The most high has a loving relationship with his children. Also, um, they are considered his bride. But at the moment, the most high's bride has gone astray and been whoring with, um, throughout the centuries. The most high is fed up with her and he wants to be, he wants her to straighten up her life and get herself together. Um, and he wants to consecrate her. Now she hasn't been doing none of that. So she went whoring, honey. She didn't went whoring and she ain't come back yet. So the most high is dealing with her as a set apart bride. This is the children of Israel. Okay. They are one, the bride. And they went whoring because they all over the place. Okay. This is in real time. This is scriptural. Old Testament, New Testament now. Okay. So she can't, she's not acceptable for the, uh, for the most high now because she's just all over the place. But she will be acceptable for the most high because the most high is going to purify her. Okay, that's what he's going to do. And it, being purified is not um, easy and it's not fun. Purification is not easy or fun. Okay, it's just like purifying gold. What did I say you have to do with purifying gold? I said that, I said this in the lesson of Exodus. You got to boil it. Okay, and get all the impurities out of it. And then it's going to be so spotless. You can look at yourself like a mirror. And that's what he's going to do and doing to the children of Israel. Okay, so they could be acceptable. There are many scriptures that show this. And this is why we as believers are not currently connected to the most high because we have gone astray. And this is what the scriptures say. All have fallen short of the glory of the most high. And I will read uh, to you what the bride is doing and how she must straighten up and become acceptable to the most high. This takes hard work and self-evaluation before we can reunite. Now there's many marriages that did not last within the scriptures from the children of Israel because they didn't listen. Some of those broken marriages are from Judah, Judah marrying a woman of Canaan, you know, his relationship didn't work out and he didn't listen to the most high. Samson, Samson was marrying all kinds of heifers from other um, nations. They was Canaan or um, no, they wasn't Canaan. They was, um, oh crap. I forgot the name of the nation. Um, it's, the, um, it's the same nation that Goliath was in. Um, I forgot it off the top of my head. But anyway, it was, a, it was a heathenistic nation. Two of them were, two of them. And they actually went turncoat on him, <laughs> okay? And that's how he died. But anyway, and the most high in Ahola and Aholaba. And who is that? Those are the wicked nations that went, again, well, they were supposed to be dedicated to the most high, but then they went whoring. And I'm gonna tell you what whoring means in the spiritual sense. Whoring means going after idols. Now, remember, Lord, the Most High's laws, precepts, commands, and statutes are that you don't go whoring 
that means going to other idols. This is why other nations were killed because they were worshiping devils. I already told you how many devils is down here and in the skies. Why would you worship them when you have the most high? And this is what the children of Israel are doing. They distracted by every way possible. What did I tell you about the devil? Didn't I tell you the devil fools everybody in every way possible? Every way possible, this is what's going on. It's like a cat. The cat is doing something or scratching on something you don't want it to. All you got to do is dangle the string. The cat jumps away from wherever he was doing and runs after the string. That's what the children of Israel are doing. The devil is dangling the string and the children of Israel is just running all over after the devil. So this is what happens. Um, there are really specific um, um, uh, examples, excuse me, in the scriptures. So I'm just going to read a couple. So this one is um, Gomer and Hosea. Now, the, the book of Hosea, he is a prophet. He's a minor prophet. And the Most High wants him to suffer certain situations. And this is a metaphor for the children of Israel. Okay, this is in the Old Testament. But Hosea's, um, Hosea's metaphor itself in the prophecy hasn't come true yet. Okay, a part of it has, but not the whole thing. Okay, so Goma and Hosea. In Hosea 1 and 2, we read, the Most High said to Hosea, go, take yourself a wife of whoredoms. Hold on. Oh, stop crying. Hi, baby. Go take yourself a wife of whoredoms. Hosea obeyed marrying a woman named Goma, who was unfaithful to him. This is a metaphor for the children of Israel being unfaithful to the Most High and what he is going to do to her, okay? Hosea 1 and 3, after Goma had left Hosea and was living in immorality, the Most High commanded Hosea to find her and buy her back. But she didn't went whoring, honey. Now he got to buy her back. The Most High was continuing his illustration except how he wanted to show the greatness of his grace, even as the Most High loved his children of Israel, though they turned to other, <laughs> they turned to gods. Now, I'm not even gonna say other because the Most High ain't in a category with nobody else. Everybody keeps saying, oh, and remember who put the books together, heathens. So why, you know, they will be the only ones putting um, the Most High in a box with somebody else. The Most High don't belong in a box. The most high is not equal with nobody else. Ain't nobody standing next to him. Ain't nobody standing to the right, to the left, to the up, to the down. Nobody is standing close to the most high. The most high is the most high and it is what it is. Ain't nobody standing next to the most high. So like I said, the children of Israel's worshiping stuff they shouldn't. They're doing stuff they shouldn't from the devil. Hosea faithful love, uh, Hosea's faithful love for Goma was an illustration of the Most High's faithfulness and wayward to Israel. Just as Goma has been unfaithful to her husband and had to be redeemed, Israel's need for the Most High's <coughs> initiative to, excuse me, <coughs> initiative to restore their relationship. Excuse me. T-break, T-break, T-break. <laughs> Excuse me. 
the prophet Hosea was commanded to marry an unfaithful wife and his set up a model of Israel's broken relationship with the Most High. Israel has been chosen and loved by the Most High, yet had been unfaithful to him by the way of idolatry. That is one of the commandments, okay? Just as Hosea redeemed his estranged wife and sought to continue his relationship with her, the Most High promised to redeem Israel and renew the relationship with him. The story of Hosea and Goma is an unforgettable picture to the Most High's strong, unending love for his covenant people. So the children of Israel is the bride of the Most High. And what is the children of Israel doing right now in real time? Ever since biblical times, not listening, non-compliance, going after things they shouldn't, being distracted, being bamboozled. Mm -hmm. That's why they all over the place. And literally, they all over the place. The most high put them everywhere. Okay. Not only are they all over the place physically on the map, they all over the place in their head. They all over the place in their spirit. They all over the place in their soul. A mess. And there's another instance of Ezekiel 23, 1 and 4, which is the King James Version. And I'm going to break it down if I read it. The word of the Most High came again to me. And this is Ezekiel, a major prophet. And this hasn't come true yet. Saying, son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother. And they committed whoredoms in Egypt. They committed whoredoms in their youth. There were their beasts pressed up. Oh, sorry, sorry, breasts. <laughs> there were their breasts pressed and there, there they bruised uh, the tents of their um, virginity. And the names of them were Aholah, the elder and Aholaba, her sister, and they were mine and they bore sons and daughters. Thus were the names Samaria is Ahola and Jerusalem Aholaba. Now, what is the most high saying here to the prophet Ezekiel? He's saying that the children of Israel then went whoring. They went somewhere else searching for something that they never going to find. If the most high is the end all and be all, what is everything else? Nothing. That's what Solomon said. All is vanity. It's nothing. Nothing. But you're tricked by the devil into thinking there's something good over there. When it's really everything that you ever need in your whole entire existence is the most high. Uh-huh. That's what's wrong with the children of Israel. That's spiritually. I'm going to read some scriptures, but I want one more thing to say before I go into the scriptures. And it says, if you have issues within your relationship, you must be mature enough to fix them. You have to be healthy and humble enough to self-reflect and come correct. Because if you want a mature, humble, and loving man, you must bring a mature, humble, and loving woman and vice versa. This means allowing yourself to grow up appropriately 
and checking and pricking your heart and straightening it out in order to see clearly before you get into marriage and marriage, marry your mate, which means in plain English, get rid of the bags you got and be healthy for the relationship. And like I said, the most high will separate you and he will deal with you alone. A lot of people don't like to be alone, but the best thing you can be is alone so that the most high, the father's spirits can deal with your spirit. Because if you distracted with everything, every minute, oh, I got to have a relationship. Oh, I'm hopping from one man or one woman to another, to another, to another. Where is it that the most high is dealing with you? Where is it that he's speaking to you? Where is it that you standing still long enough to even hear the most high? All you keep hearing is the devil because you're dealing with the flesh. The devil deals with the flesh. The devil deals with the flesh. The most high deals with your spirit. They both fighting for your consciousness, which is your soul. If you keep listening to your flesh, then it's being ruled by the devil. If you keep listening to your heart and, and you're pricking your heart, then you're listening to your spirit, which is the most high's life in you. It's a fight. It says it in the scriptures. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about marriage and I'm not going to make it too long. I hope this marriage, uh, this thing ain't two hours. Sorry for all the delays. Anyway. Okay. I'm going to talk about marriage and then I'm going to talk about whoring in the marriage. And then I'm going to talk about the bride. So we already know that the um, children of Israel, they whoring. So we'll talk about the whoring first. Now they've been whoring since the beginning. I just read to you in the minor prophet, um, Hosea, go get a wife that's a whore. And that is the metaphor for the most high having to buy, uh, redeem his bride back, which is the children of Israel that keep going all over the place and not listening. And uh, anyway, excuse me. First Corinthians 6 and 18, flee from sexual immorality. This is, this is what the whore is doing. This is what the whore is doing metaphorically and literally. This is what the whore is doing. I already told you, the whore is the children of Israel. Everything is contingent on the children of Israel. This is what the whore is doing and the whore should stop. And it also goes in relation to regular relationships and marriages. Okay, like I said, there's no such thing as um, irreconcilable differences. It's the stuff that you're doing and what you want. You're being ruled by the flesh. That's what it is. Anyway, back to uh, 1 Corinthians 6 and 18. Flee from sexual immorality. And you already know what that is. I don't even have to break that down because I did a lesson on sexual immorality. Go look that one up. Okay, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin is a per. excuse me, Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immorality, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. Did you hear what he said? The sexual immoral person sins against your own body. I already told you what you consist of. I told you that you are a three-part being, a tripart being, a consciousness, which is the soul between your head and your heart. That's your consciousness, Okay. You got a body that's a coat that's on this physical plane, that's earth. And you got the spirit that animates you. That means makes you alive. The spirit is from the most high. He breathed his spirit into the, um, the dirt of the ground and made a living soul. So that's what you are. The original dirt of the ground 
is clay, dark red clay. That's melanated people. So <clears throat> if you sin it, you living in the temple, that's your body. Your consciousness is in the body coat that they call a temple. That's where your, your consciousness resides. If you are in, if you are sexually immoral, you are sinning against your own coat, against your own temple. You are defiling your own temple. That's what the Most High said. That's what Shaul told the Corinthians and everybody else who is having sexual immorality in their lives. That's everybody. Okay. Romans 3 and 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the Most High. What he said? Ain't nobody pure. Everybody sin. So if you think in your heart, oh no, I'm doing good. Oh God got me and all this. First of all, like I said, who knows who God is or what God you referring to? I already told you there's gods and lords in the sky and there's gods on this earth. Even the Egyptians um, was uh, following them. Okay. You falling short. And if you think that you're not and you think that you're righteous, you're lying. That's another scripture. Anyway, John 14 and 6 says, Yahshua said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you go any other way, you a liar and a thief and a whoremonger. Now, Le- uh, Leviticus 20 and 6, if a person turns to mediums, necromancers, whoring, I will set my face against that person and I will cut them off from among the people. Did you hear what he said? That's part of the Levitical laws. We can make it in that. We don't want you searching for gods. We don't want you searching for lords. Okay? We don't want you talking to dead people because it's not really dead people. It's devils. And we don't want you going whoring for idols. That's what it means. Don't go to nobody else but me. Don't turn to the left or to the right. Look, focus, front, tunnel vision front, in the front, to me. Okay? Levitical laws. Leviticus 19 and 31. Do not turn to mediums. I just said again, don't turn to no mediums. What do mediums do? They talk with the dead. First of all, I'm gonna t- I'm a, let me just give you a little piece of this. When somebody dies, when a human being dies, and I did death, and I see that nobody's listening to that, but I need you to listen to that because a lot of people have lost a lot of loved ones this year, and I'm trying to explain to you what happens when you die because there's all kinds of scriptures that tell you everything. The Most High tells everybody everything. He's not a silent Most High, okay? He's not silent. He didn't told you what he told you through some reliable sources. Anyway, when a human being dies, the consciousness goes back where it came from. The, the, uh, the um, breath of life came from Yah, Yah, it goes back to Yah. And the physical coat that's on, that surrounds this consciousness goes back in the ground where it came from. Everything goes back where it came from. So why do you think that if you went to a medium, you're gonna be speaking to your loved one? Didn't I tell you there's millions, millions, legions of demons and devils down on this earth? Didn't I tell you that? 
So if a human being is trying to conjure up your loved one, guess who you speaking to? A devil. The Most High said this. That's why in the Levitical laws, and that's the priestly laws, you do not consult with them. First of all, you ain't supposed to be listening to no devil because devils lie. You already know the devil is a liar from the beginning to even listen to the devil. You already know in the New Testament, um, Yahusha, when the devils was talking to him and they were saying, we know who you are, you the most high son. The first thing Yahshua said is shut up. You ain't supposed to be talking or conversing with no devils. So why would you go to a medium? If you go into a medium, you already know this person is already being led by devils. What is a necromancer? Resurrecting the dead. That's what it is. Child. The Most High said, do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out. And so make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Most High, your Elohim. He said, don't do it because you will get possessed messing with them and you don't know how to uh, exercise a demon. My suggestion to you is to learn the most highest laws, statutes, precepts, and commands and stay away from stuff like that. And that's what happens when you go whoring. You get into stuff you don't have no business. Uh-huh. Okay. First John 4 and 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they from the most high for many false prophets have gone into the world. Now, let me tell you this. I already told you the children of Israel didn't want to stray and start messing with things they shouldn't. This is why you got to try the spirits. I suggest if you try the spirits, you need to be in the spirit because spirit recognize spirit. You already know that uh, they're saying game recognize game. Well, spirit recognize spirit. In the New Testament, there's a whole bunch of stuff that the uh, the the most excuse me that Yahusha gave people blessings to cast out demons and stuff. But even some of the um, some of the apostles couldn't cast out certain demons. You know why? Because they didn't have the faith. See, there's a formula behind this. Okay, and you stick with the Most High, you will get the formula. Seek me first, my kingdom and my righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. That means casting out spirits, doing all kinds of stuff. Yes, all of that. But don't be messing with stuff you ain't got no business. Okay? Hebrews 13 and 4. Let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For the Most High will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. Do I have to explain what that means? Some people go and they do all kinds of stuff while they marry. You have a written covenant with somebody. You should not be breaking that covenant. That's what the children uh, of Israel did. And this is why they're suffering right now. And physically, that was spiritually carnally. These people get married and they start messing and having affairs and all this. There's even a rap that says having an affair and being adult for once. That's not being adult. That's being a beast. That's being an animal. I already told you, if you're not made in the most high's image, you're a beast and an animal and they have instincts. That's what animals have instincts. And a lot of them, because there are some animals that have sex for pleasure, but most of them don't. They only do it for procreation and they do it like beasts. And these are the, this is what they're rap me. 
sometimes people say stuff they have no idea what they're talking about. I'm not going to say the rapper who said it because most people who know rap, they know who said that. Anyway, 2 Timothy um, 2 and 15, do your best to present yourself to the Most High as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. If you are a faithful child, of the most high, seeking the most high, being in the hope, most high's word, then you don't have to be whoring around, okay? Now I'm going to talk about, this is when you whoring, okay? You need to straighten your life up, okay? Now, we're going to talk about what the bride should be. We're going to talk about the bride, and then we're going to talk about marriage as a whole, and then I'm going to this is how the bride should be. Okay. And I'm talking about uh, the children of Israel. There's a second flock that's going to be taken too. But this is mostly made of the children of Israel. Isaiah 62, 3 and 4. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Most High and a royal diadem. That means a crown. In the hand of your Most High, you shall no more be termed forsaken. And your land shall no more be termed desolate, but you shall be called my delight is in her. And your land married for the most high delights in you and your land shall be married. Now, this is when the bride get her life together. Okay. After the most high um, consecrated her and he dealt with her the way that she, he meant to deal with, you know, deal with her and he... Um, redeemed her and 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 consecrated her and do all that this is the bride that's supposed to be coming for the most high this is what the most high expects of the bride because every man expects his bride to walk down with a white dress on that's a, that's a metaphor for being pure and chaste every man want a bride with a white dress we don't want no bride with no red or no black dress a bunch of kids over there to the side it's supposed to be a nice virgin bride that's what everybody wants and this is the expectation of the most high john 14 3 and if i go to prepare a place for you i will come again and i will take you to myself that where i am you shall be also that's what that's what a husband is going to prepare a place for his bride okay this is yahushua saying it. he's preparing a place for the bride and he'll be back for her Okay, and you already know the Most High's word do not fall but down void. Okay, what he says is, it didn't come yet, but it is. Revelation 19 and 9, and the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Praise y'all, hallelujah. And he said to me, these are the true words of the Most High. Blessed though are those who are uh, invited to the marriage supper. Yes, honey, because that bride going to be coming down in that white and the moon going to be right there, honey. Yes. Blessed are those who's invited to that wedding. First Peter 3 and 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wife, excuse me, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessels, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. 
Okay, it's talking to the other part. Remember, there's two parts that becomes one. Isaiah 61 and 10, I will greatly rejoice in the most high. My soul shall exult in my, yeah, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Praise God. First Peter 1 and 16, since it is written, you shall be holy as I am holy. He wants his bride to be holy. He don't want her to be no her. Okay? Now, right now, she's a her. But he going to dust her off, redeem her, and he going to make her appropriate enough for him to marry. Right now, she's still a her. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ephesians 5 and 27. So that he might present the bride, which is the call out assembly, to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. That's what the bride's supposed to be with that white dress. Not an eggshell dress. Not a yellow dress. Not a red dress. Not a black dress. A white one. Spotless white. Okay? Not off-white either. White. Without blemish. Colossians 3 and 4. When Yahusha, who is your life, appears, then you shall also appear with him in glory. Praise God, hallelujah. And that's only when the bride is ready. There's so many scriptures that um, discuss husbands and brides and going to the wedding. And those who are blessed that's able to go to the wedding. Even some virgins ain't allowed to go on the wedding when they um, when they uh, doing things they shouldn't. When they being foolhardy, ooh, it's the whole scriptures, all of them, all of them. Ephesians 5 and 25, husbands love your wives as Yeshua loved his called out assembly, his bride, and gave himself up for her. Now this I will have to bridge. For the most high so loved the world, John 3 and 16, that he gave his only begotten son so that who would believe in him would have everlasting life. That I would bridge with it. You know why? Because before the most high could come and get you, you got to be consecrated. You got to be anointed. You got to be cleansed. He just ain't going to get nobody willy-nilly. And he's talking about the children of Israel. I'm not going to lie to you, baby. He's talking about the children of Israel. Everything is contingent on the children of Israel. But have no fear, even though they are the set apart flock, okay? They are the original branches. They are the called out assembly. They are the ones that was there that he loved before the foundation of the world. They are the apple of his eye and everything else is fit. I could keep going there's going to be another flock, an honorary flock, okay? Just know that. But it ain't nothing like the children of Israel, nothing. The Most High says it, okay? Now we're going to talk about marriage itself. I already told you how wonderful and great marriage is when you work at it. Everything takes work. Even the Most High is working it. It just don't come by itself because his bride's not listening to nobody. She's whoring all over Genesis 3 and 24, therefore, a man shall leave his father. This is about marriage itself, okay? We just talked about spiritual 
We just talked about the whore doing whatever she doing. Now we talk about um, marriage. Now marriage should be spiritual and carnal because everything carnal is supposed to mimic the spirit. I mean, in the spiritual uh, place, every, it's supposed to be. The government, all of that, it's supposed to be. But you already know that's corrupted. But anyway, Genesis 2 and 24, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and behold, excuse me, and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one. This is what the Most High said to Abraham. Because mm -hmm. I already told you in Exodus, when I was explaining, what was it, Genesis? I forgot. But um, he was in Genesis, but his father was idolatrous. The people back then was idolatrous. Nimrod was idolatrous. And the Most High was dealing with Abraham and told him to leave from over there and go where I tell you. And Abraham listened because he had faith. He was full of faith. And the Most High gave him everything. The child of promise, he gave him a beautiful wife that everybody wanted. Everybody covenant. She was the bomb, okay? She was the bomb, okay? The Most, he, uh, the most High said, you're going to be a father of many nations. The Most High blessed him and said he was his friend. The Most High never said nobody was his friend, but Abraham. He also said, that he loved Moses and Moses was the most humble. He loved Moses, but he never said it was his friend. He just said he loved Moses. And David is a little special place in the heart for him, for them. Just know that, okay? Hebrews 13 and four, let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For the Most High will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. I already read that and I had to read it again, honorable mention, simply because it's that important. Proverbs 18 and 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Most High. You see how wonderful it is when you have a good wife, a good partner? Mm. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4, love is patient. And this is what, this is how uh, marriage is supposed to be. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Mm. Hold on. Okay. Um, it rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, and hopes all things, and endures all things. That's what love does. Love is the foundation of the marriage, along with spiritual foundation. That's how it is. 2 Corinthians, which is 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? Praise Yah with darkness. What did I tell you? You both got to be on the same level. The most high, if the most high, this is when the most high is sending you somebody. Because the most high going to set you apart and get you right for that partner. So that y'all can walk together for the rest of your lives. We all covet 
Are we all a little envious of people who spend the rest of their lives together? If you ever saw, and I'm talking about in a happy marriage, I'm not talking about just existing. If you ever see these incredible stories of husbands and wives, they've been together and they have this love story that people covet um, from the time that they was whatever age until the time that they die. And a lot of times when one of them dies shortly after the other one will die because they're one heart, they become one heart. And that's how wonderful it is. That's how great it is. So that's what the most high will give you when you are ready. Stop picking your own people. Stop being a fool in your relationship. Stop being um, suffering in your relationship when you need help to get to be a better person for somebody else so that you can have what you want. And the most high wants us to, he wants all of us to have somebody, but we got to clean out all that gunk that we got inside of us first. A lot of times we have a lack. I didn't already say what I said. Ephesians. 5 22 and 23 i have three more and then i'm done wives submit yourself to your husbands as to the most high for the husband is the head of the wife even as yeshua is the head of the assembly his body and his self its savior now as for the called out assembly submit to the yahushua hamashiach so also wives should submit everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Yeshua loved the called out assembly and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water and the word. And the word, praise y'all, hallelujah. Now, what is this saying? Now, I know a lot of people going, wait a minute, I'm not submitting to no man this and that. This means, I already said earlier, coming together as one. Coming together as one. A consensus to come together as one. Because if, you, if you're going to come together, now you already, you're already whole as a human, carnally. But you meet this man or you meet this woman. Spiritually, you become as one. And this is what I'm going to tell you too. Spiritually, when you are having... Um, a sexual relationship, a man and a woman, you become one. And I don't have to describe to you how you become a one. The two become one, period. And that's how the most high ordained it. So you are two people becoming one. And this is how it's supposed to be. When you're giving yourself and um, letting the man be the head, you're one. He's the captain, you're the navigator. That's it. He's the head, you the neck. That's how it goes. Okay. It's not, oh, one submitting to the other. Oh, you're going to listen to what I say and this and that. It's not that. It's us coming together as partners. Because remember, in Genesis, um, the Most High said, you need a helpmate or somebody who's a helper. That's the right hand is the helper. People who's rich got a personal assistant. They can't live without their personal assistant. That's their right hand. That's what I mean. Okay. First Peter three and seven. Likewise, husbands live. Remember, I'm not on the King James version. I'm going on the ESV and it will have different wording. I'm just saying it because it's regular English. A lot of the words have been tweaked or changed. So just know this is a um, loose scriptures. 
Okay. Okay. Um, first Peter 3 and 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Excuse me. That means be a good husband. Okay. You want a good wife? You got a good wife? Be a good husband. Okay. Now, Mark 10, 8 through 12. Well, it says 8 through 12, but it's really not 12 verses. Um, and the two shall become one flesh so that they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore the Most High has joined together, let no man separate. Now, this is the scriptures Usually you say when you go to the altar and it's a wedding and people are listening and people are there, this is it, okay? And in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter. And he said to them, whosoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. That first part is what the preacher, priest, or minister says during the ceremony. And the second part is Yeshua saying, now, when you're going up again, when you go into the altar with that, the um, expectation is that the most high sent that person to you. But we already know we live in carnal flesh on this earth and your lust is taking over and you just picking whoever. This is why we have a high divorce rate. But the um, expectation and your spiritual expectation is that you wait for him to send you your mate. And in order for you to get the appropriate mate, you got to be trimmed. You need some purging. You need to be appropriate enough to go into a marriage with somebody else. So that's why that's the way it is. A lot of people look at that and go, oh, this is why this, how is it um, divorces? Is it even people in re uh, religious sex? I can't say the word, but you know what I mean. Even in the religious area that they do whatever they do, they get divorced. What kind of example are they setting? There's rules and regulations for everyone in the priestly um, line. And this is how you could tell all this stuff on earth is full of crap. Because most of the people, and even in those, uh, the great whores, not in the priestly line or even in Yashorel at all. And all these people who are ordained, quote unquote, priests, who are doing, who's doing it? It's not the most high. Doing all this stuff down here, it's a bunch of goats. A bunch, and you know what I re, uh, listened to my um, lesson on goats and sheep. It's a bunch of goats doing it. It's a bunch of devils and his children doing it. This is why things are so messed up. I didn't already told you, and I will continue to say the devil fools the whole world in every way possible. With religion, the devil's all over that. Mm -hmm. He's dancing and, and, and stomping grapes all over that. Huh? Okay, I have um, two more and then I'm done. First Peter 4 and 8, above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. A lot of times as husbands and wives, we could forgive and be humble when people make mistakes. And a lot of times when you sin, you go and you repent. Unless you keep doing the same thing over and over. And the most I said, no, he's not going for that. 
even despite what people say, oh, you can send Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and go, oh, I'm sorry and go back. That's not the truth. And that's another um, little disillusion from the devil. Uh, this is the last one I'm gonna say. The purpose of a spiritual union, a spiritual marriage is for the most high to take his bride and live with her through eternity. Having her be upright, having her be consecrated, having her be blessed, having her be sin sinless, having her be without blemish. Now, right now, I already told you she's still a hoe. We have to go through all this stuff. Like I said, you will find out what we got to go through. He's already getting um, Israel. Jacob's trouble is already here. Matthew 24 and Luke 21, Jacob's trouble is already here. That's the reprimandation of the children of Israel. Okay, Yaakov, Israel's trouble. That's what it is. When we keep moving on, he is, he is reprimanding her to the nth degree he is reprimanding her to the nth degree and when he gets on the other children all them other children that spit in the bucket then israel yaakov who they call jacob will be sinless already because he's already been reprimanding her throughout the hundreds of years he did yes <laughs> so i will say this like i said the point of you coming together as a marriage spiritually and like I said, carnally, the carnal represents, I mean, uh, mimics the spiritual is to live happy, happily ever after. Okay. Carnally, you get your husband, you get your wife, y'all supposed to be one, you doing all the things you're supposed to do and you living um, happily forever after in whatever mansion your husband and your wife prepared for themselves. But spiritually, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're not going to be a part of that bride. You are not going to the next life. You are not going to. The Most High said he's going to read out the rebels. That's in um, Yasharel. He's going to read them out because he's only going to have a remnant of his bride and that's enough for him. Okay? And I say this, Hebrews 9 and 27, and just as it, just added, as it is appointed a man to die once, and after that becomes judgment. So the best thing for you to do spiritually is be on your best behavior. Listen to the Lord's precepts, statutes, and commands of the most high. Walk in love. Do your job. And that's another um, lesson I did. And we should love one another. Just as the husband loves the bride, okay? And that's how it's supposed to be. It shouldn't be no rah, rah, rah and all kinds of stuff that comes up after it that you ain't getting along with one another and y'all in a loveless marriage and y'all ain't nothing but roommates living in the house. It shouldn't be that because the most high did not ordain that. Even though you went to the altar and you did all of the things that you were supposed to, the most high is not honoring that. The most high can't be all over a marriage that's not excellent. The, if you're living in a, two, in a household and you're roommates and y'all ain't getting along and y'all fighting and doing all kinds of stuff and broken home, broken marriage, people's whoring and all that, the Most High did not ordain that marriage. I don't care what ritual you went through. 
So I will end this by saying, the best thing for you to do is look within yourself and say, am I the right person for this person before you step into the realm of marriage or if you in it, do some self-evaluating, be the best person you can for yourself, your mate and even your children. And if you are going into marriage, make sure that you have the respect, the, the solid foundation and belief, the self-control, the trust, the uh, protection and security, the understanding and forgiveness, no cheating and effective communication among um, the top. And make sure you have all that before you go into a marriage or else you're just gonna be wasting your time and your money. Mm -hmm. And everybody's gonna see it too. So with that, I say thank you for listening and until next time. Hi, if you like what you're hearing, please hit the follow button so you can be notified when a new lesson is available. You can also upload a question or take a poll for more of your favorite topics. Thanks for listening.